So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing Season 9, Episode 12 of 90 Day Fiancé. In this episode, Jabri tries to get Miona to compromise, Muhammad really just wants his paperwork done, Kara and Guillermo go to a rodeo, Ari and Benny have a maybe-fake pregnancy scare, Bilal's ex wants to talk prenup with Shida, and John lets Thais know where he stands on things. As always, we'll end with our Students of the Week, Class Dances, and Life Lessons. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? Um, okay. <laughs> I know we were talking about classroom management and classroom skills right before. Mr. O is very fired up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me and Miss H teach at very different schools. We do. Very different results at the end of the day. <laughs> And uh, yeah, that's more frustrating for Mr. O than it is for Ms. H. <laughs> yeah, my students tend to follow the rules. <laughs> Mr. O's mm, tend to break the rules. Uh, to be fair, the ones that are in my class usually follow the rules, but they are do like just enough to be compliant. And it's like, what's the least I can do to not get me in trouble and then never care about this again is what I tend uh, to get. Now, speaking of childish behavior, let's jump into Bilal and Shada. So, oh, Shida. So Shida is noticing that there is tension since their Atlanta trip. Uh, they have the kids that weekend and Shida wants to do something fun. So she suggests that they ride bikes or they do yoga or something. She's basically trying to put a smile on Bilal's face, but he is acting distant and mopey and kind of like a moody teenager. He says he's not feeling like himself. The kids seem more enthusiastic than Bilal to do yoga, so they take their mats and set up outside. Shida pretends that this is a yoga class, so she talks to Bilal and the kids like they're students. Bilal starts messing around playfully with the kids, kind of trying to knock them over, which makes Shida feel better, but she also kind of fakes smiles and shakes her head that they didn't take yoga seriously. Bilal then opens up to her and says he likes to get away and think to himself when he's stressed. So basically moody and mopey. Mm-hmm. Bilal then opens up and uh, starts rambling on about, you know, all the negativity in their relationship. But Shida says that she just wants to kiss and make up. Bilal tells us that they're not ready for marriage. Later, Shahida, Bilal's ex-wife, comes over because she wants to talk to Shida. Shida wants to have a relationship with Shahida, but uh, only because she's the mother of Bilal's children. Shahida says that she wanted to get to know her, and she says she wants her kids to be around someone who is good for them. Shida says she came uh, in, Shahida came in with some kind of attitude, and she was just avoiding eye contact. Shahida is kind of annoyed with Bilal for not setting up some kind of meeting with the two of them sooner. She then brings up the prenup, even though she says it may or may not be her place. Shahida wants to protect their generational wealth and wants to make sure that Shida isn't just there for what Bilal has. Shida says she understands that Shahida has concerns, but she brushes off trying to make take all of Bilal's money. Shahida says Bilal needs to protect himself for the kid's sake. Shida just says that they haven't come to any kind of agreement. Shahida notices that she's ruffled her feathers, but she doesn't care because it's all about the kids. Shida is confused where this hostility is coming from, and she just doesn't want to be lectured by yet another person. She knows that her and Bilal need to come to understanding about a prenup, which brings her to tears to talk about. Okay, so do you think it was Shahida's place to come in and talk to Shida about a prenup because it uh, includes her kids? Absolutely not. I know, Zero right? place. That was not her place at all. That has nothing to do with her at all. Like, it, 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 he, I'm sure he has child support or whatever that he has to has agreements with her right. that he has to upkeep. And if he's doing that, then that's it. That's all she gets to say in. Like, if she wants to, t- if if Shida wants to come and take everything else that is not owed to her, that's none of her damn business. Yeah. If you wanted it to be your business, you should have stayed married. Yeah. What I find very frustrating about this situation is just I guarantee that if this is not for the cameras, that this is Bilal telling her, "Hey, can you talk to her?" And like you know, say it's for the kids. 
You know, and yeah, he's I mean, he's basically right. getting everyone to try, you know, su- persuade her and gang up on her essentially because didn't his sister do the same thing when they were in Atlanta? Yeah, I mean, but I I mean, I do think that this is I think the producers are who wanted it, who got this conversation to happen more sure. than Bilal. But um and it, I don't know, I get frustrated when it's that obvious that that's happening. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like this whole episode had a lot of stuff that was like this was the producers. This was the producers. The producers told them to do this. Right. And it's like doesn't feel like it's natural even a little bit. Like it's not even convincingly fake. Like I know the show has been fake for a long time. It's a lot of fake things, but I want it to at least be convincingly something in the realm of possibility mm-hmm. that your ex-wife would just show up and be like, I'm worried about the generational wealth. And what does that even mean? Like, right. I'm worried that my kids, when they're adults, won't be able to inherit money and mooch off my ex-husband. I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me. Right. Like, is that what you wanted from your kids was just for them to be able to live off your ex-husband's money? Yeah. That was the plan? Because that's what it sounds like you're saying the plan was. But I can see it being – I don't know. It, it, it just made – it made so little sense to me that this woman would just come in and be like, so you're a greedy bitch who wants all of my ex-husband's money, right? right? That was that was my job. I was supposed to take all of my ex-husband's money. <laughs> it's not even her money. I don't get it. Yeah. It just comes across as very like busybody, right? Yeah. It, it's like – it's not your business. Mm-hmm. You don't need to well, in- insert yourself into this drama. Yeah. And, it, and it, Especially in like the most insulting way possible. Like, right. I just need to make sure you're here for what, – what would you get to do with the conversation? Be like, oh, yeah, you're right. I want everything. I'm here to get everything. That's my whole point of being here. You caught me. What was that? Was you going to say? Or was you going <laughs> to – like, I needed to make sure, like, because this one conversation of this person that you're pretty sure is a liar, listening to them say this at one time. You're, now I'm convinced. I believe them. Right. They're in for it for the long haul. Come on. Okay, so if we were to give everyone the benefit of the doubt in terms of this is not staged by production, like in what world does Shahida think that a conversation by her of all people is going to somehow persuade Shida? Like if Bilal can't persuade her, her actual partner, do you think the ex-wife or the mother of the children is going to somehow sway her? Yeah, that doesn't make much sense either. Like, And that was – and that's what what, what the – Phrase that bothered me the most about, uh, you know, Shahida was she said something like, well, this is just a conversation I needed to have. Yeah. I'm like, like, did did you? (laughs) Did you? And I was like, because at the end of the day, I definitely learned, um, you know, some valuable things and going through going through my divorce and everything. And one of them was while you're having disagreements, you're having arguments, you have your discussions is like kind of asking before you say something. What am I hoping that the response to this is going to be? Mm hmm. Right. And she's like, well, I needed to have this conversation. It's like, for who? Right. Did you think that, did you, did did you hope that now she understands something she didn't understand before? Did you hope that you were getting some clarity? Because I don't understand the point of this conversation at all. I don't know what you were hoping to get out of it to the point where you said I needed to have it. Right. It's almost like she thinks like, oh, well, if I bring up these concerns and they really should have been concerns that she'll just somehow like exit the picture. Yeah. Like, like, is that what you were hoping? Were you hoping she would leave? Yeah. Were you hoping that she would say, oh, no, I am here for all the stuff? Were you hoping that she would say, and if she did say something, if she did say the right thing, would you be convinced? Because I don't think you would be. Right? Uh, yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> I mean, were you just hoping she'd be like, ah, I see, you're right. Give me the prenup now and I'll sign it. Which, by the way, I wanted to do. That's what I wanted to do at this point. I wanted to be like, oh, you have this prenup? I'm just going to sign it right here, sight unseen. Because I know if I do that, it's getting thrown out in court <laughs> because yeah. nobody talked to a damn lawyer. Right, right. <laughs> well, it sounds like based on the preview that they're actually – she's going to actually be able to review what it is next week. So Right. Right. Yeah. But I would just be like, oh, you want me to sign it right now? Okay, I'll sign it right now. Yeah, because that's the other thing, too. And I mean, they kind of alluded to it a little bit a couple weeks ago when she wanted to include in the prenup, like, uh, you know, the clause for children. But it's like, I always thought a prenup was a back and forth, almost like a negotiation, right? It's like, here's where I'm starting off with. Or if anything, develop it together. It just sounds like he's drafting up this uh, prenup and he's like, here, you sign it. You have absolutely no input. You didn't even get to say what was going to be in there in the first place. Like, that's not how it works. 
your choices are sign it and do, or don't sign it. Like that, there no, there's more choices than that that go right. into it. Like there's there can be a negotiation because if it is, again, it just every time I see it in the show, it just seems like they come up with an unenforceable prenup. Right. Like if the prenup is everything um, I had before the marriage, I keep. That's mm-hmm. cool, everybody. Which is fine. You don't really need a prenup for that, but right because that's true anyway. But if it then is every all the money that you know I make from I make. I keep all the money that you make, you keep. It's probably not going to be enforceable given the fact that she's not allowed to work right. because he brought her here. Yeah. Right? You're going to be like, well, I keep all the money. Like that, That's not a prenup that, that is going to be able to stand up in court. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, anytime you have a prenup, the first thing you go through divorce, the first thing the person, the one, one party is going to do is be like, can we get this prenup thrown out? Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be the first fight is trying to get the prenup thrown out. Yeah. Well. All right, so moving on to um, – I was going to say other busybodies, but you have the other busybody. Um, <laughs> God, so let's yeah. just get to Ari and Binium. So, Well, you got a busybody there in Leon. There is, there is a bit of a – Yeah. I mean, well, John was the other busybody this yeah. time. But, all right, Benny is hanging out with Ari and – Avi and Leandro. And, uh, yeah, Benny is hanging out with Avi. There we go. And Leandro shows up to take um, Ari wedding dress shopping because we already went through that before. Yeah. He's still confused about – he being Benny is still confused why Leandro is doing the wedding dress shopping since he doesn't really particularly know anything about fashion or anything. But Ari is running late uh, because she's stuck in the bathroom, not feeling well, and doesn't really know that she wants to go. So Leandro is leaving tonight and it's the last opportunity. So it's like, you know, are you sure? And she goes, well, I'm not feeling well. So – you know, this is TV, so the only reason that women ever don't feel well is because they're pregnant. <laughs> so that's where we're gonna. That's where this is gonna turn to. Um, so Leandro asks, "If you know, maybe it's too personal, but when was your last period? And are you guys trying to get pregnant?" But Benny is kind of already automatically on none of your business, and but Ari is stuck on the. I can't get pregnant because I'm not ready to have a baby, which is not how things work at all. It's not a that's, valid form of birth control. <laughs> I'm not ready to have a baby. Not a valid form of birth control. Right. So the awkwardness continues as Leandro and Biniam go together to pick up a pregnancy test from the pharmacy. So in the car ride, Leandro asks Biniam about his family plans. And he has a weird way of saying it, but Benny says he wants 10 babies. So Leandro is like, I don't think that's what Ari wants. But Benny is pretty confident that, you know, it's with me. Maybe not with you, weirdo, but with me. <laughs> of course, she wants as many babies as we can get. So Leandro brings up the number of kids, like, as soon as they get back, before the pregnancy test or anything even gets taken. Um, it's still in the bag, actually. And she was like, I don't know, maybe just, like, one more baby? And then there's awkwardness because they kind of flipped an interview. They're like, what about 10? And she was like, hell no. So anyway, we come back and the dramatic music is playing and they have like this really long like American Idol style pause. Like the results are like showing everybody's face. And of course, the test was negative. So Ari's relieved, but Benny said he would have welcomed a baby anytime. So Leandro decides that, okay, now that I was here talking about your guys' sex life for a while, Now's the time for me to bow out. Uh, good time for me to go because he's got to go back to Indiana tonight. So the next morning, uh, the two of them are off to have some much needed alone time at PJ's Pancake House. So she wants to kind of nail down some of the issues that they're really far apart on before they have kids, namely two kids versus 10 kids. Uh, first, they started by talking about Leandro and how Benny is uncomfortable because, you know, it seems like everybody likes Leandro, but. He personally doesn't, and he thinks that Leandro being around is just, like, disrespectful for him. But then they go into the kids and have, again, extremely, extremely, because they both said extremely, extremely. They have extremely, extremely opposite feelings about the results of it, of the pregnancy test. So, Benny would be, said he'd be happy even if they had 10 kids, which is his always his way of saying that's what he wants. He'd be like, I'd be happy even with 10 kids, which means for him, I want 10 kids. Yeah. And not like, you know, I'd be happy even if we didn't win the lottery, right? <laughs> um, so they have different recollections about how many kids Ari agreed to have. She does not remember agreeing to have 10 kids before. 
But Benny tries to do his standard thing and be like, eh, I don't like this conversation. Let's talk about something else. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and Ari won't let him. So they seem to be questioning whether they even really do want to get married. But, of course, it's 90 days and they don't have much time. And, you know, which is falls even flatter with them because it's their third season on the show. Right. Like, we don't have much time. Like, I think we guys have had a lot of time yeah. and a child together to figure this out. Yeah. All right. So, I mean <laughs> – I have lots of questions, um, but um, let's start with the – so I guess how many kids do you think would be ideal? How do you split the difference here? I don't know if you do because we've talked about this. There's it's, Kids are one of those things that's a lot harder to compromise. You can't have half a child, right? right. But I guess – right, but there is somewhat <laughs> of a compromise between one and ten – but I don't think it is a split the difference and let's have five. Like Ari, I think really is going to be done after the next one. And sure. I think that just means Benny may either be on board with that. Because I think also the other thing is too, is he may have a different perspective of having 10 kids if he stays in the U.S. Because it's not going to be like... You know, back in Ethiopia where he has a huge family, it mm -hmm. seems like they all kind of help taking care of one another's kids. So if you had 10 kids, it's kind of like, well, just throw them to the pile of kids that we basically have our own little daycare here. You know, it's like if Benny is the one who isn't working, he's probably going to have a lot of those duties himself. And I don't know if he really is going to want that. It is real stressful. And I think People start to realize that pretty quickly when the child care falls on them solely. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is very different culturally about how they, you know, how, how the, the responsibilities of, of child rearing are kind of dispersed and how, you know, specifically in the U.S., it's like, no, it falls on the people who had yeah. the baby right. at, to a much higher degree than it does um, in other parts of the world. And based, based on what we saw in Ethiopia and what he says about Ethiopia, that's certainly true about Ethiopia, right? Right. And that's why he wants to have a big family is because he has a lot already of nieces and nephews. And he's like, I love babies. I love being around them. I love pitching in to help. Yeah. Right. But doesn't like – because, I mean, she's already like – we can't afford the one we have. Right. Like, where, where are we coming up with the money for well, this? And that's the other thing, too, is like if you're depending on your family for child care, that's a lot easier when you have a huge family to start off with. And it's like, oh, yeah, just throw another kid in the pile. You know, it's like doesn't make yeah. a difference and to us if there's, there's always a child. There, yeah, there's always already like a collaborative like setup. Right. But set, when child care here is like over a thousand dollars per child for the month, month. you know, that's yeah. a huge <laughs> expense. Right. right. And it's it, – it's and you – yeah, because you have to at least be making that much money at your UFC mm -hmm. job to yeah. even justify like doing that. Otherwise, you got to stay at home with, you know, all 10 of the kids and where are you putting them? You, you can't even afford a two-bedroom apartment right now. Right. Like, yeah. So, where, where are they going? It's just and, – and it's but his answer is always super frustrating to get because his answer is like, oh, it'll be fine. It'll work out. You're like, <laughs> yeah. but how? You have to make it work out here. You can't just – it doesn't just fall into place. Like yeah. you have to actually have a plan for making it work out besides it'll work out. Because, and that's why Ari gets super frustrated because yes. he says it'll work out and then she has to come up with a plan. Right. And I felt her frustration so much in this because she wasn't wrong when he's very much like, I don't want to talk about this. You know, he mm -hmm. only says that when it comes to the difficult things. I don't want to talk about this. And so it's like she was right. Like that means they never talk about anything that they should be talking about. Right. Because the stuff that needs talked about is the stuff that's hard to talk about. Mm -hmm. Right. Like what kind of birth control are we going to use? Because oh, gosh, <laughs> well, I'm sure he would probably think that, oh, that's not my job. I feel like he would give her a hard time for even like if, you, if she's on the pill. Yeah. Right, he'd be like, I don't understand. Why are you taking that pill? We should be on the pill. I don't like the pill. Yeah, like but I mean, he she could do that discreetly, and he would never know. Because especially since they're never talking about anything, she could definitely do things that he would never know about. Yeah, <laughs> that he wouldn't have to know about. I completely forgot that he has another child because he, right. you know, they said something like two kids. I was like, two kids? Where's the second kid? I was like, oh, right, the second kid from his first. I can't remember. Yeah, it must have been his wife, maybe. His I don't think they were married. 
Yeah. Okay. But he had a child with another American and she brought the baby back to America and doesn't seem like he has any kind of relationship with her. But I could kind of see that being a thing, too. Um you know, where he ends up having 10 kids, but not with the same person. Oh, geez. That that would be that would be unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like one thing if I I mean, it's unfortunate kind of for everybody because that, that's that's tough. Like, it's tough on the kids, right? To have that yeah. many to have that many half siblings that you don't know about. And I mean, your dad can't be around that much if that's yeah. the case. Right. And things like that. But it's like. Yeah, and it's another thing if you're doing that, just being the person like, it'll take care of itself. Don't worry. It'll work out. And and like just like like floating through life like that, leaving all these these moms like responsible for figuring the things out. Yeah, he is very upsetting that way. (laughs) It's just in general, it's his absolute avoidance of any kind of conflict. Right. And the avoidance can be actually literally avoiding – or it could be, you know, like uh, what he also does, which is lying to get himself out yes. of trouble because he doesn't want to have like these conversations or, you know, future conflicts. So, oh, yeah, very, all, very all of it comes down to that. Like she's frustrated with his lying. And, and the mom, even last last week, remember, she was always like, does that mean you're going to stop lying as a new as a new thing? And it's like, but it, it's, you're right. All of that is about avoiding any kind of conflict with anybody and that's why they threw wine on her at the beginning of a year because he yeah. didn't tell him they, he didn't tell him they, he, he was moving to america because he didn't it was he knew it would be an uncomfortable conversation right yeah it's very frustrating so you go from you know someone who's completely avoiding conflict to someone who is confronting conflict that may or may not exist so <laughs> <laughs> We uh, move on to Patrick and Thais. So Patrick is meeting with his brother and his work friend Wagner for a drink. Patrick is still bothered by the fact that Thais is hiding their engagement from her dad. Patrick says he's allowed to drink now that she's there. And he tells his friend about how Thais wanted to do a drive through wedding chapel, but didn't tell her dad that they were engaged. John, his brother, is confused why Thais is hiding the engagement, especially since he thinks Patrick is a catch. Patrick thinks that her dad accepts him, and he's convinced that her dad likes him. Patrick tells his friends that he refuses to marry Thais until she tells her dad. John and Wagner both kind of don't really believe that that's how it's going to go down, and Patrick keeps insisting he'll marry her if she tells. Uh, John says that he needs to have uh, the testicular fortitude to stand up for himself, and he questions if Thais really does love him. John thinks that Patrick thinks he's smarter than he is and kind of worries that Patrick is being fooled. Meanwhile, Thais tells us that she's still upset with Patrick, but wants things to get back to where they were. So she's making a special dinner for Patrick. It's uh, what she refers to as a stroganoff. John comes in and tries to make small talk and then brings up her dad. He says it's her choice and it makes sense. Uh, or sorry, he says... Oh. He brings up that Thais's dad doesn't know that they're getting married, and he asks why. Thais just says it's her choice, and it makes sense for her. John is confused because, uh, you know, as he said again, Patrick is a catch. Thais then gets frustrated and tells John that she can't talk and cook at the same time. We then see her putting ketchup and mustard on the chicken, and Uh John then just moves it off of the stove, and Thais, you know, gets upset just because she doesn't like John interfering even with her food, and she says that it's not done, so she puts it back on. John eventually takes a bite of the chicken and spits it out, saying she definitely overcooked it, and it tasted like rubber chicken with mustard and ketchup on it. Patrick comes in and, you know, apparently he does not have as discerning as a palate and says it tastes just fine. Thais then asks why Patrick told John about her dad. Thais says it's not John's business. John says that Thais's dad will resent or hate Patrick for keeping the engagement from him. And Thais just says that she's tired and doesn't want to talk about it anymore. So Patrick sides with John and Thais gets up and leaves the table. As soon as she leaves, John asks if he really liked the food and Patrick uh, and he, you know, keeps on eating it and says it's just fine. John pours himself a healthy amount of vodka while they're having this conversation. And Thais is not too discreetly eavesdropping, trying to (laughs) understand what is being said 
uh, because she's convinced that John is trash talking, but she they're just talking too fast for her to translate. John is trying to convince Patrick about getting hookers at a, you know, the bachelor party. When Thais walks back in, says she was listening to everything, and she says that he just shouldn't say anything. She doesn't actually know what was being said, and uh, John actually calls her out on her bluff, but then Patrick confesses that they were talking about a bachelor party. Uh, that just proves John's point that Patrick is whipped. Thais tells Patrick that he needs to tell John everything is fine, and Patrick says, but it's not. Thais is not used to people talking about her, and she now thinks uh, needs to rethink their relationship. All right, so do you think that John would have even cared if Thais was privy to their conversation and actually knew what they were talking about? Uh, no, not at all. Like, Because she came in there like, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but and if he thought that she did, like he just likes pushing her buttons. And oh, the yeah, easier sure. way to push her button there is to be like, no, you don't. You don't know what we were talking about at all, do you? Right. Huh. Like, instead of just being like, you're right, I confess, I would, because he would do that, too. That would be his next thing. What is it even a big deal? Let's talk about a bachelor party. Like, yeah. bachelor parties are normal. What's the matter with that? Although, he really did quickly go from hooker to stripper to exotic dancer. <laughs> 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 yeah, but I think it's funny that John is like, I don't, I wouldn't say sabotaging the marriage or anything like that, but definitely bringing up points that could end whatever relationship. And then like two seconds later, like talking about the bachelor party and it's like, you know, you can't have a bachelor party without a marriage. I I, don't, I think John might beg to differ on that. I think you'll find any excuse to have a bachelor party that you broke up. Like, I feel like it's the same party. Like, oh, you were getting married. Oh, you decided not to and you broke up. Same party. We're just going <laughs> to let's go right. out and have this a great time. This will be the Patrick Palooza. <laughs> Releasing Patrick back into the – Back on the – putting you back in the field. Yeah. Same party. <laughs> exact same party. Oh, goodness. Okay. What did you think of that chicken? That chicken looked disgusting. I can't believe Patrick was even eating it. I, I mean – okay. So I, I – That's not stroganoff also. I'll, it's not stroganoff. Stroganoff is usually cream-based. Like, yeah, she shouldn't insult whoever made stroganoff because that's not what that was. Yeah. She just wanted to say whatever it was for her, like chicken with ketchup and mustard. Sure, I can get on board with that. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know, ketchup and mustard, fine. It depends on what else you put in there. I don't, but but that also sounds like a macaroni and cheese with hot dogs cut on it level meal, yeah. right? It's kind of a, you know, I don't know if it's a struggle meal, but like, you know, whatever, a kind of a young person meal, right? Something right. Like, Whatever, I'm gonna catch a mustard here. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go buy like something fancy and like make a roux. No, I'm just gonna put my ketchup mustard in the chicken, and there we go. Goodness. Um, but I don't know. That all said, like I get very, very upset by people who overreact to food in the way John does. <laughs> like, like it's one thing if you don't like it, you take a couple bites, and you're like, man, I'm not really feeling. It's not my favorite. And be like, the chicken was rubber. And well, it's disgusting. And I couldn't even. I spit the thing back out in the sink. I, I can't handle no, that. No, but that's the, grown the thing. Person. He actually tried the chicken, even though, you know, it didn't look appealing to him. And he did chew it in front of her. And was like, yum. And then behind her back, spit it yeah, out. Yeah, so behind I mean, her back in front of the cameras. Like, yeah. he knew what he was doing. Right, right. But, I mean, you're also talking about the guy who dropped the steak on the floor and was going to eat it. You know, so. Right. Yeah. I, I, I Yeah, I just. He was definitely playing it up with how gross the food was. And I'm sure it was not – was it the best meal on the planet? Of course not. Was it something that a 23-year-old makes when they're trying to figure out cooking? Probably, yeah. Um, but is it something that you need to spit back out in the sink? Yeah, yeah. That's a very small list of things for me. Um, but yeah, I mean it's, it is – and of course, they're playing up like how weird it was. Like there was no measuring or anything. It was just like ketchup, mustard. Let's go. Yeah, it looked like those were the only two ingredients. So yes. based on that, I was like, Ugh. yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just this is another instance where it's like it's not his business again. This is where we get the other busybody thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like why? I mean, I could see him mentioning it, and I think she was. I'm gonna put it this way. I think that she was right in that saying, my father is not your business, John. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean 
that what that means is that John shouldn't say anything to her about it, not that Patrick shouldn't say anything to John about it. Right. And I think like part of it, too, is, you know, why this is kind of difficult is because he is basically just echoing what Patrick feels and she's ignoring both of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's not like John has this radical idea where it's like, this is what I think. And I think Patrick should also think that way. John is saying exactly what Patrick is thinking and she's trying to dismiss both of them. And maybe again, I, I just keep going back to how young she is mm-hmm. for things like that. Because to me, that's just like the part of just having a life, having friends, having brothers, just having somebody you can confide in means you confide in them and they give you advice and they kind of help you, you know, get through your feelings and get through your thoughts and stuff. And the idea of it, like something that was this big of a deal, he just has to keep secret from everybody and like deal with it on his own that's insane you don't i don't want my partner to do that like you don't want your partner to do that like i know that they're going to be talking about things that i you know i know me right you know your partner talks about you with their friends Mm -hmm. like everybody does because that's that's what you do and i'd rather them get those feelings out and kind of hash through those feelings and think about it for somebody else instead of trying to do it at me because then you hear a whole bunch of crap that you don't need to hear yeah. Like those half-formed opinions and stuff and half-formed thoughts. Like, I don't know how I feel about this yet, but I'm going to just like emote it at you, my partner. That's not healthy. Right. Yeah. Just, uh, I, she really bothers me. And I know last week that I felt differently, but mm-hmm. she, she's going back to bottom of the list. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to, let's get Karen Guillermo out here. So Karen Guillermo are on their way to a rodeo. For some reason, I had to make sure and check that they live in Virginia, but rodeo. Okay. So, um, Kara has her, we haven't seen these up to now, but her cowboy boots and her Daisy Dukes to go to the rodeo. And Guillermo is there and he's excited because it sounds like something they had in Venezuela, which he referred to as a rodeo, but it was like something else. And it was a whole big steer wrestling competition that really seemed to freak out Kara when he described it. So anyway, things start off positively because Guillermo is really, really touched by just singing the national anthem beforehand. So that's one of those things where I'm like, wow, that impressed you. We're going to have a good day. All right. So they watch some bull riding. They get hungry and go get some fair food, which he is also impressed by. So, so far, so good. So they find a quiet spot to talk. And he tells us that he appreciates the support Kara has been giving him following, you know, the tough time after the passing of his brother. And since things have been so difficult for him, she's willing to kind of meet him in the middle in terms of the wedding ceremony. Not going to have something huge with a you know couple hundred people, but they don't have to do the courthouse wedding. They can get a smaller ceremony, but something that's real. There'll be vows and she'll wear a real dress instead and everything. So he's really super excited for this news, but she warns him that, you know, even making this happen is going to be a bit of a stretch. And now, you know, they have three weeks to plan an entire wedding. So, um... I guess it it's confusing to me because we kind of seen a we see the whole gamut mm-hmm. of everybody. There are like three weeks left, which is like mm-hmm. twenty one days, and we have other people who have like fifty days left. Like so, I mean, can they like, get people to do this? What kind of wedding can they put on in, in twenty one days? I and like, know. what are they doing for the other fifty days, seven or seventy days? Yeah, I mean, I think the depending on what kind of venues, because I think that's like the biggest thing, right? venues are available you could probably pull pull it together in three weeks it probably isn't going to be super nice but i think the thing that guillermo really wanted was like a setting he just didn't want a courthouse right because that just seems so institutional Uh i think he wanted something that was just like um you know nice and even if they had a nice courthouse because i'll say that my sister got married in a courthouse but it was like a historic courthouse and so it definitely had like a vibe you know Mm -hmm. and i think he does want some kind of reception or like you know some kind of nice party but considering the few number of guests that they probably have there that also could be easy you could just you know make a reservation a nice restaurant really if you want to do something like that last minute So I think they could pull it off. What I thought was very sweet about all of this is just Guillermo's brother's death kind of helping her to realize, like, life is short. Like, there should be a balance of planning for your future, but then also living for today. So I thought that was, like, a sweet kind of tie-in and, you know, that she's trying to compromise at this point. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I get the yeah, because you can get like a parkland. Like yeah. I think that I think I feel like that's the way to go when you get your like short ones. Let's just get married in a park. Like you could probably get the park right. on short notice. Sometimes they have, um, you know, a little reception room at the park that you yeah. can get for like yep. the afternoon, and there you go, boom, boom, got everything together. But it's like, it also was like, and I understand the you know the catalyst for this happening. But I mm-hmm. guess that was the other part of me is like, wait, three weeks? What? What have you been doing with the other seventy days? Like, I mean, you've been there for a long time, just like yeah. not planning or doing anything because i feel like we haven't seen this these two very much we saw them go like you know her high school reunion it's like so it's crazy to me that it's been so long we just haven't seen them do anything do you think Mm -hmm. it's just is there not drama can the cameras not be there because they're just doing it all day like what's going on (laughs) (laughs) yeah i just don't think they have a whole lot going on you know i mean they were probably upset and not doing a whole lot when they were in their mourning period. So, sure. you know, it's it would almost be disrespectful to have like drama and stuff. So I'm sure that's Oh, yeah, before yeah. beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just this is, it seems like the one that's like this is I would say that this seems like the most connected, like real couple. Of couples? Yeah, and I think that also has a lot to do with, um, you know, how people meet, right? Because a lot of these couples meet, like, online or, you know, so I feel like the ones that met in, like, non-virtual situations tend to be the more grounded couples. But I say tend to be because then we got Emily and Kobe who had met, you know, in person and... They're kind of a hot mess. But, I mean, at the same time, you can at least say that they know each other the best. Yeah, yes and no, because we had those between them and Ari and Binium. It wasn't yeah. like they met and really hit it off and decided to be a couple and, like, had right. dated as much as it was they – Got pregnant. Yeah, got and, pregnant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, they were they were having a, you know, vacation – fun vacation that ended up with a baby. And they're like, no, I'm stuck with this person. Yeah. I will say one thing. Um, So, I've been watching Love in Paradise because that came on again. And I cannot remember what the girl's name is, but she's uh, dating the guy, Sherlon, and she got pregnant uh, – you know, while she was on vacation. And it just made me so sad how hard she was trying from the very beginning and how she thought of baby means Insta relationship and Insta family, Uh, you know, it just made me so, it felt so bad for her because it was so clear from his side that he was just like, well, I don't know if I'm going to marry you just because you have a kid with me doesn't mean we're going to get married. And she thought that, you know, even if it does, that's, I don't know. That to me is more scary than like enlightening because does she know? I don't know that. Do you, you don't even know that dude? Like, yeah. now you, you feel like this is my instant family. What if you don't like him? Like, what if you don't want him to be your instant family? Right. Like, that seems crazy to me. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, let's move on to uh, Jabri and Miona. So, Jabri is hanging out with his grandma, Shane. He tells us that Miona and him aren't talking after the explosive dinner from the night before where Jabri expressed reservations about getting married. Jabri doesn't see the motivation and hustle that made him fall for Miona in the first place. And if anything, he really only sees Miona complaining about their living situation. Shane asks Jabri what he wants because she has concerns and doesn't sense joy with them as a couple, which really worries her. Jabri insists that he loves Miona, but he just doesn't feel like they're on the same page. Jabri says he saw a lot of potential in her uh, becoming an influencer specifically, and he thinks that she could really help his brand and build a brand of her own. Jabri says that he wants to marry the music and art. Shane asks if she will, uh, Miona will give him the space to create. Shane also advises that Jabri talk to Miona about all of this. Shane saw a light in Jabri when he started talking about Miona, which gave her a little hope. So she suggests that maybe she should officiate the wedding, which would guarantee Shane's attendance. Later, Jabri and Miona go out and things must not be that terrible between them because they are wearing matching sweaters. Miona says that she didn't like that Jabri just went along with what the family was saying and she feels like his parents are just judgmental. Jabri feels like Miona is stealing his soul through her stare. But then he brings up his talk with Shane and her concerns about Miona uh, all being intertwined in his life. 
Miona just kind of nods her head as Jabri demands his space. Miona tells us that she agrees that she has to learn how to be independent more, and she blames it on, you know, just the living situation in Rapid City. Mm. Miona reluctantly agrees to try. She then says that she still wants to have her beach wedding, and she doesn't want to compromise. She just suggests a California elopement, and Jabri says that uh, she never tries to compromise, and he wants a queen, not a spoiled princess. And Miona says, that's fine, but I still want a queen wedding. She doesn't want snow in her veil because it will be catastrophic, according to her. Jabri says he doesn't want to say yes or no, and Miona says it's her wedding, and Jabri interrupts her to remind her that it's their wedding. All right, so what do you think about Jabri agreeing to the beach wedding, but now, you know, after he made his deal and got his way, him bringing it up for judgment discussion again? Yeah, Jabri is very frustrating to me. Um, mm-hmm. On it's, but that and that is a good example of why. Like, mm-hmm. is that is that like, the, when have you ever compromised with me? How about when I compromised that we could go to Chicago when we could have a beach wedding? Was that a good yeah. compromise for you? Right. Because that was a compromise that I made, mm-hmm. and now you're like you're being stubborn by insisting on your part of the compromise. Right. right? And it's the other thing too is that he said that I'm expecting a queen. It's like yes, and when a queen says she wants something, it happens. <laughs> right. <laughs> like <laughs> queens don't negotiate about the thing that they said they wanted. They just get it. Yeah. Like, like, it's not, and so it's a difference between being spoiled because it was, I mean, I was so frustrated with him because of, because of that. A, the whole beach wedding, the beach wedding was the compromise. Right. And now he's saying, why are you compromising? And also said that immediately after she compromised with him, mm-hmm. like he had this other demand and this other things he wanted. And she was like, yes, I, we can do that. I can try to do that. And then he was like, okay, now move on to the beach wedding. Why won't you compromise? You never compromise. And it's like, but she literally just did earlier in the conversation. Like, right. And so I, I don't know. He's just – I think he is being super frustrating to me because it's just like you're being as stubborn as her but framing your stubbornness as trying to be reasonable. Yes, I definitely agree. I find him to be incredibly frustrating as well, just because he's just so self-centered. I don't think he really, and this is just like problematic, you know, it's like the world revolves around this guy, Mm -hmm. you know, and he wants her to like revolve around him as well. And he says that part of the reason why he really fell for her is because she kind of had this her own thing going on and her own independence. And Mm -hmm. I do think that to some extent he does like that, but only in the sense that it gives him his space to do what he wants. Right. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it was just like the whole conversation wasn't about until it got to the wedding. She said my wedding. He's like, you mean our wedding? Because everything else is about to be like, I just got to spread my wings and fly, man. And you're not letting me move around what I need to do in order for me to be creative and to do this. These are the things I need from you so that I can. It was very self-centered conversation, right? So I can be the most complete person I can be. I need you to get off my shit a little bit. Yeah. was basically what the conversation was. And it was frustrating to me because it was like, yeah, you know why she was so independent? And, and, and things, part of that was because she was in her home country. Right. When you took her out of her home country and stuck her in your mom's basement, yeah, she's going to lose a little bit of independence. Okay. She's going to lose about having her own thing going on. Maybe you should have thought of that before you did that. Like, it was so frustrating to me. It was like, okay. she lives in your mom's basement. What do you mean you want her to be more independent? You stuck her in there. Yeah, <laughs> but I also feel that he's trying to be selfish and is like, oh, this is someone who could like really reach audiences as an influencer. Maybe she could help me. Oh, yeah. That's true, too. Yeah. I liked – yes. I, I didn't just like that you were giving me space to do my own thing. I liked that your thing specifically might help my career. Right, right. Like – and he even said, oh, we're building an empire here. It's like – An yeah, empire. Yeah. What the hell? Right. Because if she had something else going on that would, could have been equally lucrative and equally a chance to make her money but was more boring, mm-hmm. right? If she was like, I don't know, really great at – I'm trying to think of something that's that's boring, but uh, she was a really fantastic accountant. Yeah. Right. And she was bringing on a bunch of people to do CPA work and she was getting glass texture and, and was being a great independent accountant making money. He wouldn't be like, I love how independent she is and how much she's doing that. No, because that doesn't help him. Right. He wants an influencer. Yeah. No, he definitely wants an influencer. And I mean, it fits his 
image very much that he wants that, but it just, it does make me question, like, you know, who's using who in that situation? Yes. And, okay, so, because I think the other thing that came up, because you know, you mentioned the matching sweaters. Yeah. And it made me think, they weren't just matching sweaters. They had matching sweaters with the same color undershirt and the same color pants on. They dress exactly alike oh, they all do. the time. Mm-hmm. And it's weird as hell and mm-hmm. nobody mentions it. Like, if I was, what's his with his dad or whatever, right? Yeah. That's kind of the you know most normal person. I would just be, why are you all dressed together? Dressed alike. <laughs> my dad would give me so much shit if I came in dressed like my girlfriend one time. He would ne- – my family would never let that go. Uh, Halloween, I think, is the only acceptable time. Ever. <laughs> yes. Okay. Be but I matching don't... couples costumes or something. But even the matching couples costumes are generally – it's a theme. It's a paired theme. Right. Right? Like you're, you're dressed like, you know, you know, a hamburger and a hot dog or whatever. It's like <laughs> a paired thing. It's like, very rarely you both this exact same thing. And even still – that's Halloween. Yes. If, if we came in to – even if we came into like Christmas dinner and we're wearing the same Christmas sweater, it'd be like, what is this? Well, no, no. No, come on. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they would make fun of me for years. Years just being like, are you going to dress alike? Like every time they come over, are you guys going to go to dinner? Did you did you coordinate it? Are you going to be the same? Are you going to dress alike? <laughs> and they just do it and they, nobody mentions it on the show. It's crazy to me because they're – always matched yeah it's so weird well so that's what i'm saying like it you have to communicate with one another to be matching so obviously things aren't that terrible and i know he said oh we haven't even talked since the night before it's like well you must talk before this dinner because how are you gonna decide who's matching who yeah unless they had like a whole big plan of of yes the (laughs) calendar of clothes i mean i guess i guess part of it is like whose idea is it that they dress alike like, uh, yes. Is it his thing or is it her thing? Or they both equally agree that this is this stupid shit idea is a good idea. I don't know. I feel like it's more him. I think so too. I think because if you look, it's more his style. But I guess her style mm. mostly before was just skimpy. Yes, I mean her. Yes, her style was just yes, boobs and ass. Like, yeah, tight showing on my stuff. Ass yeah. yeah, right. And then since his mom threw out her style, because that's the other thing too is like that's I want you to be, you know, I go, going back to it because it made me think of that. Right? How was she making independent? How was she being an influencer? It was by wearing a bunch of skimpy stuff that his mom was like, hmm. "No, honey, you can't wear this anymore." <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, he's so dumb. Oh. Like he's moving. He's moving. He's moving down on my list. And yeah. if you mention it for Thais, like he definitely is. Right. All right. So that leaves us with Eve and Muhammad. So Eve and Muhammad are having a f- having fun with Theron at a ninja gym. It's something that Theron done. Theron does all the time. And Eve is hoping if they'll go together, it'll be good family fun. And it totally seems to be. And after in the minivan, at least the beginning, everybody's all smiles. But there's still some things she needs to talk with Muhammad about, uh, like specifically with wedding planning, and now is the time. She tells him that the venue she had picked is booked, so they're going to have to push the wedding back by a month. Muhammad is upset because he was more committed to the timetable than to the location. And so he's just like, whatever, we'll just do it in the backyard in a dirt patch. I don't care. Who cares if a dress gets dirty? So he's very anxious to start working and, you know, going back to Egypt to visit everyone. And both of these need a green card. So pushing the wedding back, a month pushes back those by at least a month as well. So he suggests that maybe this is just an excuse that she doesn't really want to get married. In an interview, Eve is near tears saying how she wants her wedding. She All she wants is for wedding to be something nice. And he is just like, that's ah, it's dumb. What's the hold up? Sign the papers. And back in the car, she's kind of getting to the point where she's just, they're still trying to continue conversation, but she's like, eh, why, don't, why don't you just stop talking, chief? So, it's not even a full month into the 90 days, and Muhammad is tooling around town on his bike since he can't drive. So um, let's look at that. Now, we, this, this group has 60 days left. So this time, he's off to eat, meet Rafay, the president for the mosque. So we sit to have coffee and talk, the situ- talk about the situation with Eve. Muhammad explains that he's spending most of his days, days just watching Theron, and he has no progress on getting work or a driver's license or any other papers. He's upset and surprised that no one is helping him obtain these things and that Eve is just concerned about the wedding. 
he does seem to at least acknowledge that the marriage has to happen first before all the other things that no one is helping him with can happen. But he just wants thinks they should just get down to the court hall, courthouse ASAP so they can put the put the um, pressure on making those other things happen. So he feels like she's holding the paperwork over his head and is selfishly using him as free daycare. He also doesn't appreciate how Eve often talks about how she'll be financially responsible for him, which he thinks is insulting. And he also starts then talking about his other financial responsibilities like his mother, which makes him tear up to think about. So Rafay seems to think that Muhammad didn't know what he was getting into here with this relationship and with this visa. So he asks what the, what might happen if his relationship might work out. And that's when Muhammad says, oh, uh, maybe I'll find another sponsor then. So I guess the thing that came to me is, is Muhammad just here for the green card? Yeah, I didn't think so because he didn't seem like he was really into American culture. Right. right. And he's he definitely brings up the differences between uh, living here and um, living in Egypt quite a bit and in a way that does not put in America as like the best light for him, you know. So mm-hmm. it is weird for me. That was surprising to hear that if things didn't work out with him and Eve, that he would still try to find another sponsor and he would try to stay here. Seems to me that if he doesn't agree with how liberal people are here and that he misses his mom so much, which he said, why would he want to stay here? Yeah. And so it seemed to me he came here for work and he thinks he can get a job. He can work and he needs a green card to work and he needs to get married to get a green card. And so that's what he wants to do. He wants he thinks he can make money in America and then send that money home. But doing what exactly? Do I can't remember if we know what he's qualified to do. I don't know that he has any particular skills. Um, but I do think that there are a couple of different visions of America that a lot of the foreign spouses, at least, mm-hmm. in this show seem to have. And we already saw that with Thais, you know, when the Vegas trip, she's just like, oh, it's glamorous and glitzy and famous people. And Miona tends to think the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. She wants LA, she wants New York. Even LA and New York aren't all that, right? It's just right. what people think they are. Yeah. And like, so there's, you have those ones and then you have the people who are like, oh, Americans just, America's just full of all these jobs and all these lazy Americans who don't want to do them. So if I just go and work hard, I'll make a ton of money and I can send it home. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah, the idea of it. So he'll just go get his green card. He can get a job doing whatever. I'm sure he figures he can get a construction job. He can get a, you know, any kind of low skilled labor, which I don't know, is not as easy as he thinks it's going to be, I think. Mm -hmm. And then just, and, you know, go on because I do think a lot of Americans, I think he specifically thinks Americans are super lazy and like, oh yeah, there's all these, all this money to be made. These lazy Americans just aren't making He's so funny. He comes off as very judgmental. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, he just thinks he did. Th- I mean, and based on like the way he talks about her friends, he thinks Americans just all sit around, you know, drinking and, and being, you know, promiscuous. <laughs> morally inappropriate, yeah. being promiscuous and then not working like a bunch of lazy bums. And then, yeah. And, and I'll just come in here with my good work ethic and everyone. And I think. And the thing is, is I think if you read between the lines talking to Rafay, is he's like, Muhammad is a very incorrect version of what he thinks people in America are like and what America is like. Yeah. Because I think it's funny because, I, I don't know, my opinion of Americans is as is, is, is lazy as kind of we think we are. We're actually a really hardworking people. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think that – I think that people just kind of feel like, oh, America is rich and there's lots of money, so we're all lazy. Yeah, especially now, I don't know if we really have that impression, right? Right. So I don't know, but I think he thinks he can just he, – but I think that's what it's about. Is I think it's about the money, which makes me very much question why I'm, – I'm, I'm back up because we were questioning why he even was with Eve, yeah. right? Like he didn't seem to like her very much and this gives us more of an answer. But this is, this is kind of a left-hand turn into like, oh, wait, he really wants this green card and he wants his paperwork as soon as possible. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, so we did not hear from Emily and Kobe this week. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I, I yeah. Needed a, needed a week to calm down <laughs> to not eat Emily. <laughs> a week. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Bilal and uh, Thais definitely. Actually, Bilal was barely in it, but yeah. Yeah, but you're right. He did that 
he was very mopey, moody. Yeah. Unhelpfully mopey. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So who was your student of the week? I went with Miona, I guess. Yeah. Um, Just because like she wasn't, she wasn't really being unreasonable. Like she, he, he said, Hey, he had all his, you know, this bird needs to fly conversation. And she was like, okay, but like, I did have literally one thing I asked you for and I'm going to stick to that. Yeah. Mm. So I don't think she was as unreasonable as he thought she was. Right. And, and it's always hard, Like just a very low, very, very sliding scale here for who's the best. Oh yeah, absolutely. This group, it was very difficult. And that is why I went with Shane. Um, I thought she was being a supportive. This is how Jabri's parents should have reacted to everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she was very supportive. She just really wanted to see that Jabri was happy. It didn't take much for her to persuade her, you know, that Jabri was happy because he was just like, oh, well, he just seems to light up when, you know, he talks about Miona. I can get on board with this. And I know his parents are like, almost like hanging their attendance to the wedding over their head like it's symbolic of their approval. I don't really right. like that. Um, no, no. Yeah. And so Shane's just like, I'll officiate your wedding. That will guarantee that I will be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That would be dope. Dope. You know, it'd be dope. Because <laughs> he only said that like five times after know, she said right? it. <laughs> okay. Who was your dunce? So going into the wedding, I said Jabri was my class dunce. Yeah. That makes like, sense. Like, it just, it's, he, he just, he always seems more reasonable. I think it's a lot because his English is better than hers um, mm-hmm. in the interviews and stuff where he's able to articulate what he's feeling a little bit more. Yeah. And he always kind of try, paints it in a sympathetic way. But I don't know. I feel like this episode, I was really like, oh, you're really full of shit, aren't you? <laughs> like, you're not just a little full of shit. You're very full of shit. Yeah. Like, it, his compromise is we do what I want. Because at the end of the day, what does he want? What is he still asking for? They're going to still live in South Dakota. They're mm-hmm. still going to get married in South Dakota. Like, what did he give up? I don't understand. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. Yeah. He's uh, very frustrating. Uh, but I went with Thais as my dunce. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a big deal. And Patrick and John, John specifically, bring up a major problem with her keeping it from her dad is that I agree with John. He, the dad is going to resent Patrick. He's going to think oh, yeah. that Patrick was in on it, you know, and mm-hmm. he's not going to get mad at Thais about it. He's going to get mad at Patrick about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This she, He's going to 100% think this dude tricked you into marrying him yep. when he came up for this short trip. And, right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because he didn't know, like, the extent of or the circumstances around that visit. And so, you know, the fact that she's so naive to think, like, that's not going to be a thing and that it's really her problem. It's like, no, your actions are creating this conflict with Patrick and your dad. And, I mean, and the point is, not a point, the point nobody's making is that at this point, that bridge's already been crossed. Yeah. Like, as soon as she came up here mm-hmm. without him knowing, that was – whether they got married or whether they – she said, I'm getting married and, like, two weeks later got married, it's already done. Like, he's, yeah. he's going to be like, he tricked her into marrying her when she came up there. And she okay. had no intention of doing that before. Right. And then just, you know, the whole thing where she's just, like, trying to catch John in some kind of, like – you know, bad thing. It's just like, I know what you're talking about. It's like, you did not. You were talking behind my back. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, because you're the one who turned your back. But he didn't say anything. He wouldn't have said your face. Fair. (laughs) Yeah. All right. right. What about your life lesson? So I went kind of to them, to to John and Shahida. It's like, if, if you have, you know, it kind of is a relationship thing, right? If you have an issue with somebody you're close to with their relationship, it is totally valid to bring it up with them. Mm-hmm. It's over the line to bring it up with the other person. Yeah. Yes. Like I agree. That is, that, that's where you're crossing over to dealing with the things that are your business and looking out for the person you care about into busybodiness and like manipulation. Right. Right. Uh, my life lesson is an observation based on Muhammad tooling around town on his bike. If you're going to mm-hmm. wear a helmet, strap it on. Was it not strapped? I didn't even pay attention to that. It was not even strapped. It's like, I get what you're going for here, but helmets uh, don't actually work unless you strap them on there, Muhammad. Unless yeah. he's really just using the uh, – putting the helmet on like a hat so he doesn't get a ticket. It's a ticket thing. It's 100% a ticket thing. Well, because in California, at least, you don't have to wear a helmet unless you're uh, – if you're under 18. If you're under 18 oh. or – 
maybe under 18, under 18, you don't have to wear a helmet. Or sorry, other way around. 18 or older, you don't have Eight, to wear a helmet. Yeah, yeah, people under 18. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, Maryland, it's 16. But so, yeah. Yeah. So. So, but but that doesn't mean they can't hit you up and be like, "Oh, you look like you were under sixteen to me." From a you know, sometimes he's got a full beard. <laughs> maybe, maybe 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 this is another difference between your school and my school because I definitely had 16, 18 year olds with full on beards. Oh goodness, I've had uh, some kids that have had facial hair, but like full on beards, like Muhammad. Nah. Oh yeah, no, I've definitely I've definitely had I've had I've had kids with bigger beards than mine. Oh goodness, that's concerning <laughs> oh goodness all right so uh we will be back uh i think we're gonna record on monday there's no reason yeah, not to right i think we have a monday i think we do get monday next week yes. yeah yeah and i actually think that this episode might have not come out until monday no i watched well i watched it on sunday oh okay okay because uh for some reason the date said the fourth so i thought otherwise oh, but anyways well, either discovery way. plus or what yeah i don't know yeah we will be back on the monday all right. See everybody then. All right. Until then. Okay. Bye. Bye.